0: Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show, everybody. We got am I'm I'm so excited for today. Andre, are
1: you excited? Yo, your voice is so funny, right? <laughs> so when I'm listening to the podcast, I'm like this voice is so soothing. I'm like <laughs> I'm just like meditative. <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of
0: the. Thing. Well, first of all, this is my question to ask everybody: is when you run into somebody, they don't know who Andre Iguodala is, but they meet you and they say, "What do you do?" I mean, you must you you must keep it pretty simple, or do
1: you have like a little? What do you say? If someone asks what I do, what yeah. I do for a living, they don't uh, know who you are. Early on, I worked at Comcast. It's like oh, I work at Comcast. <laughs> I wasn't lying because Comcast owned the Sixers. That's brilliant. So right I would there. say I worked at Comcast. Now I say I'm a venture capitalist. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've uh, we we talked a little bit before starting the
0: podcast, and you talked a little bit about how uh, that innovation in your own career and in, in, in getting into technology is mm-hmm. it, it, it's very interesting to you, but. But briefly, your career in the NBA is, um, must be something that as a child, did you think it was attainable? Where, where were you at with the childhood
1: dream? Very, very good question. It was like, where I'm from, we have a lot of talented athletes, but none of them really realize their potential for various reasons. Most of the time it's because of the, the academics part, um, or they just couldn't get through being able to balance being a student and an athlete. So we had so much talent. So there was nobody I can look at and see like, oh, I'm gonna be like that guy because I'm familiar with him. Cause nobody from where I'm from did that. One guy did and he was much older. So you really couldn't relate to it, you know, Kevin Gamble. Um, but for me, it was like, that was the ultimate dream. But it's like, oh, how, do you, how does that happen? Like, how do you get there? All you know is what you see in your environment. So the goal was just to get out. Like, that was the goal. Like, just leave town. Like, that was my mother's dream for me. Can you paint a picture of what you were trying to get out of? What 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 was it like for those that don't know? So, okay, think of a town of 100,000 people, um, and you're in the minority. And what does your occupation look like as a minority? You know, there was, like, like I never seen a brand-new Mercedes-Benz you know what I mean? Like when I went to when I went to NBA, it was the first time like I ever seen like Louis Vuitton. Like what is that? What is you know what that? I mean? What do those letters mean? <laughs> right, right. So all you heard about these things was in music or on TV, but it was like it wasn't within reach. So all you knew was your small, your, that small world. You know, everybody, everybody knows each other, especially in the black community. You know, it's like one degree of separation of everything. Right. You know, that's from just everything. Um, like an awesome weekend was like going to St. Louis and hanging out like that was like the thing like we were going to St. Louis I was like wow like that's a major experience so uh i had to be careful how i speak going back home because it's home so it kind of it kind of raised me you, you i found out that a lot of professional basketball players come from the same type of environments that i come from like towns of 100,000 like right. middle income like not poor but not like high middle class it was like middle class or lower middle class like you just had enough to get by but you had that grind that grit and then you had the community of sports as your outlet and a lot of kids that play sports so it was just kind of the perfect setting to make you hungry enough you have some athleticism uh, like I said we had a lot of talent where I come from just none of the uh, athletes got out like you know it was a few guys that got out they would go to school their freshman year they would go to college in August they'd be back home by December because they couldn't cut it in the classroom like that was the norm like that's that's it because it really is about you you have to have both mm-hmm. you have to have both but I had a pretty strong mother. Um, I just um, did my book. came out in June. It's called The Six Man. And I uh, spoke a lot about my mother and the foundation that she built. And we couldn't go outside or we couldn't do anything unless we did our homework or we read. So like reading the newspaper was like the norm. Really? Like we used to get made fun of. Like my older, I have an older half-sister and she had boyfriends because she was much older than than we were. So she had boyfriends and uh, we were hanging out at her house and uh, a few um sleepovers at her house and her boyfriends would be like y'all read the newspaper like some old men (laughs) talking about my brother and myself and it was like uh, this is just regular to us like it's like reading newspaper you just know what's going on so we just had that foundation that that thing's instilled in us at a young age so like school was easy to me like you know
0: did you want to read the newspaper at some point or did you did you get into it later or, or were you like i don't want to do this
1: no, I just wanted to. Like, we did it on our own. It, it became, like, habit. Like, oh, it wasn't, like, discipline. No, that wasn't discipline. Like, so we, like, had to read. And it was, like, okay, you got to find something you like to read. And it was, like, Sports Illustrated for kids. And, like, we obviously had to do our homework. And so we had to read. And uh, it was kind of, like, the normal thing in our house to know what's going on in our world. Like, in Springfield, Illinois. So State Journal Register was a newspaper. And, like, it started off as, like, the reading the sports section. You know, because I had, like, I idolized a few high school basketball players where I come from. And then seeing them on the front of the paper was, like, the coolest thing ever. So I couldn't wait to get the paper on a Saturday or a Sunday to see the front page of the sports section. And, like, when you talk about, like, aspirations when I was growing up, like, that was the thing. Like, I can't wait to get to high school, and I want to be on the front of the paper. It was high school newspaper. Yes. With the basketball? Yes. That was it. It was, that was, like. That was like the dream. Like, I mean, the Fab Five and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Penny Hardaway, like those are the guys who I watched growing up. But like, I never knew I was good enough to go to the NBA until like, I mean, it's like a 10, 11, 12 year old. Like, yeah, you're going pro. But like, once you're 15, 16, 17. You know, you're like, it's not really doubt. You just, you know, there's older guys within the city that are better than you. And then like, that's with just Springfield. Then we had a town called Peoria, Illinois. Sean Livingston's from there, my teammate. Like, we grew up playing ball against each other. Like, they were the rival because they were, like, the big brothers always beating up on us. And, you know, they only had, like, one or two guys to go pro. So we didn't see many guys going pro. So just going to – once you got to play varsity high school basketball, it's like, okay, I made it here. I'm on varsity. And it's like, okay. I start getting recruited. Like, okay, I can go to college. This is pretty cool. Like, oh, now I can go play Division One ball. Like, okay, I have that in my sight. And that's all it was. That's all it was. Like, you're just trying to get to the next level. So it was Head like – Head down. It was like being the best eighth grader. And then it was like, okay, I'm on a freshman team, but I'm playing on, on the sophomore team. Like that was the big thing. And then when you're a sophomore, I'm, I'm leading the sophomore team, but I'm dressing for the varsity team. Like that was the cool thing. And then now you're on varsity, it's like, okay, how do I become the man on varsity? And it was just like, what was the next step trying to get there? It, you're
0: actually reminding me of, I mean, we're gonna get into golf, but it, what you're talking about is kind of reminding me of the experience of playing a golf hole. In some sense, you know, there's this joke of, um, a player talks to his caddy and says, on the tee box, they're on a par five. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, you think I can get home in two? And the caddy says, well, I don't know. I haven't seen your drive yet. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's really interesting to hear that, you know, your process involved a lot of basically, it sounds like adjustments of the goal.
1: Yes. 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 So that was me. So it was the adjustments of the goal. So I would set goals that I thought, I didn't set goals that were too far out. You know what I mean? Like the goal was, like the goal would be, like I want to get a pair of Jordans, so <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta get a job. You know what I mean? Like I gotta get a summer job. Right. You know. And it was. like. What was the first pair of Jordans? The first, my first Jordans were the thirteens. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was in eighth grade. Is that the red, black, and white? Uh, so they, those were the he got games, is what they call them. Okay. Denzel Washington wore them, and He got game. They were white and black, uh, with the hologram, hologram on the side, twenty three hologram, and uh. I had an opportunity like the year before that, but where I'm from it's like the Jordans were the big thing, so they sold out. You had to be at the mall at 7 a.m., and my mom was like, "You're not going to the mall," and I'm not going to the mall. The wait in line for a pair of sneakers, like, so you know, eighth grade, I was able to catch a bus on my own. And, and it, like that was my Christmas gift. Like that was it, but I was happy. Why are shoes? Why why are shoes just yeah. the part? They they're the most. They're everything. It's crazy. It's like that in golf now. It's, it's, it's turned like the golf world upside down in terms of fashion. You look yeah. at all the different guys. What Jordan's doing and Nike and you know Rory's really into you know his sneakers and always what, custom, right? And what Brooks did? uh When did Brooks do that? Brooks did that at the, in the playoffs. Yeah. uh With his off whites. Uh, with the um yeah the. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He had a mashup. Yeah. He had the off whites. Pablo. Yeah 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 yeah. He had the off whites uh, on his golf shoes and. He has a cool shoe next year. I saw them. I got a sneak peek. <laughs> uh, so you know, and then you see uh, DJ's got amazing style with his shoes. Actually, DJ wears my favorite pair of shoes. It's the 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 like the soft spike. Yes. Yeah, I like that. So, I'm I'm a Nike guy, but I give respect where respects due. I like DJ's uh, DJ style, but DJ's just like he looks like an athlete. He's slim. He just he's perfect model for how clothes should fit on your body. I agree. Yeah. So,
0: you. Uh, you, you go through your life, and it's mostly about these kind of reachable goals. Mm-hmm. And then at what point do
1: you hit your first golf ball? Wow. So Kevin Gamble, the guy I was talking about, he was a pro from where I'm from. He had like two golf camps when I was a kid. And I went to both golf camps. You got a set of clubs, and you play golf for like two days. Really? And this is in your teens? No, I was like 10, 11. Really? But those are the only two times I hit the like I only hit the clubs like those two days. Why did you go? I'm assuming it wasn't very popular in just to Get field. out the house. I thought golf was cool. Like I wanted to play. Really? But I didn't know where to go. Like wait wait wait. wait. I was what? at the Boys and Girls Club. This is mid '90s, early '90s. Uh, mid '90s. So yeah. like
0: '95, '96, '97. What? Why? I'm sorry. I love golf, and I think mm-hmm. I, I now think it's cool. But mm-hmm. what on earth made you think golf was cool in that time? I was just super competitive. Um. So whatever
1: some other kids were doing. I just wanted to beat the other kid. It wasn't Tiger. Tiger, Tiger wasn't came later. Riot. Yeah, Tiger came later. This is incredible. Yeah, so, like, I had, I, I never thought about it this way, but I had the bug at a young age. Like, it was just one kid I knew was really good, but I was like, how is he so good? How does he know how to hit the ball so far? Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just watching other guys, and the clubs just stuck, stuck around the house. Like, I never used them because I didn't know where to go play golf. Like, yeah. I went to the Boys and Girls Club, and we took a van, and they took us to the, wherever you know you're playing around you show up at the place and he was like oh we're here at the whatever we're about to do and you get off the bus like oh we're playing golf today it's like all right cool and so you were a good kid uh i'm seeing a smile I was a on good your kid. face okay i was a good kid but i was very sneaky and like <laughs> uh i was like the prankster like, but it was pranks it wasn't like it was- i never got in trouble you know what's funny i talk about this is that uh i grew up in these two different worlds so i grew up in The projects were like in my backyard. So like if I walk in my backyard, I walk a hundred yards and I'm in the projects and someone bust out with them. I go to the Boys and Girls Club every day. This is who I grew up with. You know, this is my environment. But when I went to school, you know, we had weighted classrooms, we had tracking. So you had the, you know, advanced class, average class, and then below average, you know, they had the tracking system around middle school. I was in the advanced classes. So I was in school, all white people, all white kids. Hmm. So it was a very interesting world. So the black kids would look at me like, you're the nerd. Like, oh yo, man, you a nerd. You a nerd. They make funny? Like, something. It wasn't like a, I knew like how to crack jokes and, you know, so it was more or less like I could take a joke and I can crack jokes on them. But they were also <laughs> like, yo, you, you different. Like, you're a nerd. But I didn't take it personally. But at the same time, when I'm in the classroom, like I talk about it in my book, my first experience walking into a. Um, when you started to separate the different levels of, uh, of how, however your brain would work. So when they started separating uh, the kids with the tracking of the classes, um, uh, my first advanced English class, I'm walking into class and the teacher stops me like, oh, wait, where are you going? I'm like, oh, no. You know, I'm only like 12 at the time. Oh, no. So I'm like, oh, hold on. like, I'm going to class. Like, I'm not I'm going to my th- fucking seat. It's not clicking yet to me, though. And then she was like, are you sure you're in the right place? And I'm uh. like, like, huh? I'm like, yeah, like, I know how to read. Because a lot of kids were having struggles because this is the first time you're switching classes. Because mm. you know, up to sixth grade, you're in one classroom. Once you get to middle school, you switch classes for every subject. So I'm like, yeah, I know how to navigate my way around. And she's like, let me see your schedule. When she said, let me see your schedule. That's when it clicked. Oh, she doesn't think I belong. Wow. So that's when it clicked. And uh, that's when I became kind of this uh, very conscious uh, African-American male and just being aware of my world that's springfield for you though you know that's 12 years old right that's 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 kind of when you know
0: i remember being 12 and um my best friend was a black kid Mm. we lived right next to each other Mm -hmm. and uh nate and um when i was around 12 i had this weird weird moment where i realized like our friendship is different Ah. than everything else, and, I, and it was kind of like, I was like, oh wait, the, the world for him is maybe different than it is for me. And it was right mm-hmm. around 12. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know what made me realize it, but it just clicked right away. And then this funny thing is, by the end of the year, I was her favorite student. Because I, <laughs> I, I went to this, I had a really good essay teacher like, earlier, like way before that, so I can write essays, like I can format it perfectly, and like it seems like I was the only one that could format it right in the class. And <laughs> first essay assignment, I wrote it, and she used it as a template. And Did she? Did she ever apologize? She doesn't. She, she... I remember her name and everything. Do you think she needed to apologize? Uh... She probably wouldn't admit that that's how she reacted. Mm. She probably wouldn't admit. But I remember like it was yesterday. It seems to be a, a, something that you would remember. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then since then, I, I, I'm always aware of my surroundings.
0: So, okay. I hate to ask this question, but I feel like I have to.
1: Have you experienced that in golf? Well, I haven't had to, well, yes, I have here, not at this course. It's another course. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say the name. Across course. the way. Course isn't too far from here, right? It's a, it's a, uh, it's a private course. And, uh, I show up like early, like we were getting an early round. It was like six 30 and I parked the car and I kind of walk and I'm just kind of roaming the, my way around looking for the clubhouse and the guy's like, uh, can I help you around here? It was just the way he said it. it was like, I was like, I was can like, I help you around here? I was like, yeah, I'm about to play. Like I know where I'm at. Like <laughs> I'm playing with a member, like, and then I knew, like, I just, I played it off cool. I was like, you know what? We're not going to have this conversation. I was like, uh, my apologies. I just went back to the car and then I just waited till my guy got there and then we went out and played.
0: Did he see what kind of car you had?
1: No, he didn't see. Cause I do like, you
0: feel like if you saw the car I, i'm sure you've got that. that's I'm a sure. good question i'm sure the whip is that's a good legit
1: co- uh no i'm low-key low-key like, <laughs> especially being out here like i drive a tesla okay model three model s x model x so it's not low-key but it still is it's not like you're right now i do have a nice car that if i drove it and it would turn heads but right right you have, I, a, you have another i car. only take that to places <laughs> where people know me you know what i mean like i'm not trying to Right. I'm tall so I try not to be seen too much yeah, yeah. and then you know just being noticed so much especially on a course you don't want to you don't want to slow down things and then once you're locked in whether if you're having a good round you don't want to be disturbed because you're having a good round
0: wait I'm sorry are you talking about fans coming up and saying hello to Andre? yeah that's well, like normal like that's that's just normal they'll come across the fairway
1: oh yeah 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 or people to find their find their way or somehow find or come over there
0: Andre's on the course Yeah, that's that's,
1: that's everywhere, but I'm cool with it because I love golf, so I'm like, cool, I'm interacting with everybody.
0: You're like, we like golf and clearly we like basketball.
1: uh, (laughs) I don't want to talk about basketball on the golf course. (laughs) I will will be honest with you. Wait, why not? Because if I'm on a course, that's my piece. That's for me to get away from basketball. Right. You know, like we've had a lot. It's been written about our first championship run. We were down 2-1 to the Memphis Grizzlies in the second round, and they were like, what turn? And we was like, you know, Steph and I went to to play golf in Memphis. And we went to play golf and we just kind of relaxed. And we talked, I, I was talking to him about certain things. He was talking to me about certain things. And in the round, we were like, oh, okay. We got to figure it out. And then, you know, we went three games in a way, in a row. When you say so. certain things, what on earth? Are it you wasn't mean? bad. Like it wasn't any turmoil. It was just like, you know, we're a little too tense out there. We're trying to, are trying to do it all at once. Right. Let's just break them down piece by piece by piece. It's like breaking down a par five. Like, kind like of like a childhood, yeah. How do you get to a par five? Um, and two if you haven't drove the ball yet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you just said. So we were just breaking it down, like different parts of the games, things that were working, things that weren't working, and then how we can just get better. And uh yeah, that kinda I wouldn't say that was the reason why, but that was a big part of it. So it became that's that was kind of the beginning of it became our thing to like take our clubs on the uh on the road with us. And like I got plenty of those stories, like we took our clubs, we had a game here. We had a game in Oakland, and we left right after the game to go to Phoenix. You get to Phoenix at like 2 a.m. We took our clubs with us. We had a game the very next day. <laughs> at like 4 p.m. or like 7 p.m.? We had a game at like 7, but we landed at like 2, 2 a.m. So we didn't get to the, we didn't get our bags for like 3.30 a.m. Okay. And I'm thinking like, it's no way. What do you mean, you are you playing like commercial? No, but we take, we did, when we, go to the plane we land at two you drive to the hotel and then uh-huh. baggage they pull our bags and then the, the bellmen have to separate everything and get our back to the right room because they've got like 70 people's bags a trillion bags right so i'm like yo this dude Steph is not gonna wake up and play <laughs> but i'm like i'm i'm i got the super bugs but does he have the bug yet oh, he's always had it he's been oh, good okay. since been like good. Yeah, yeah he's he's been playing since he was 12 he's okay. got it right he's like a plus one yeah, it's but not, you're like, but you're like, for some reason you don't think he's gonna want to play. It's like, no, we got a game tomorrow, and it's important for him to play well. It's not, it's not as important. <laughs> if I play bad, it's like whatever. They ain't gonna blame me. Like whatever. But he shot like he played great that day. He shot in the seventies as he always does. And th- where'd you play? And uh, I don't remember the course. I forgot the course. Uh, it, we knew someone there, and they just got us on the course. We just wanted to play. Like we'll play anywhere. Right. You know, we'll play like you know any type of course that we can get, as long as it's a nice course, right? right. We can't get on public courses as much because this is because of the fanfare, but we'll play. And uh, he shot in the 70s, I shot, I shot okay that day. I shot in the 80s, so I was happy around that time. Like 89 was like an amazing day. Right. So I might've broke 90 that day and I was happy. And uh, I didn't play well that night because I was like, whatever. But he had like 40 that night. <laughs> he had 40 that night and killed him. And uh, we were joking, <laughs> I was joking with him, like, if anybody on our team knew what we did today. <laughs> oh, because you didn't tell anybody? No, nobody knew. It's like, Steve knew, though. He did? Steve was like, you guys better play good today. Because he knew. And he was like, oh, shit, Steph, you should play, you should play golf every day. It was funny. Because <laughs> he plays. Yeah, he plays. You guys played a couple couple
0: rounds with him in some nice places.
1: Uh, yes. Oh, well, Steve just started playing again. Right. Because he had the back problems. But he, Steve can play. He beat me the last time we played. The only time we played together, he beat me. I, could, I was bad that day, though, so it doesn't count. Your handicap is right now, it's around a 7, is that right? 8? I'm a 7'6 right now. Seven, six. I got down to a seven, one, but I'm not a 7'6 today.
0: Today, like, what are you? I'm more like a 10. Yeah. See, well, that actually works well for me, because I'm a 4.7, but I'm probably
1: more like an 8. Uh, okay. It's, okay, let's talk about this, okay? Okay, let's talk. I'm, I, should, I should say his name, but I don't want to kill him. He'd probably be <laughs> happy if I said his name, regardless if it was good or bad. But I have a close friend who I play golf with, right? Uh, and we do a golf trip every year. And we do a Ryder Cup. And we, we, so it's 12 of us. And uh, Chicago boys. So he knows what I'm talking about. And um, Is he a player? A basketball player? No, he's just a regular guy. He okay. has his own company. But uh, he grew up playing golf. Has some friends that play golf. Um, so it's uh, three brothers. It's this guy and his brother and their dad. They want to kill each other when they play golf. It's a crazy <laughs> thing. And then it's two other brothers and a father. And then it's me and two other guys. So we've did uh, we've done the Bay Area where we did Patsy Tempo, uh nice. and then we did uh, Pebble uh, and all those courses. And then uh, what we, we last year we went to San Diego, so played all the courses in San Diego. Right. We did Torrey, uh, we did Del Mar, uh, we did an awesome club. I forgot what course the last course we did, but um, we done Pinehurst, uh, we done Whistling, and uh, the courses in Wisconsin, uh, San Valley, and then we done Bandon. So, we travel every summer to a different place. And it's all off your handicap, right? So, uh, it's our team versus their team. And he is always playing at like an a eight or seven. And I play golf with this guy a lot. I'm like, bro, you're not an eight or a seven. Like, you're more like a three. Like, how are you getting this eight? After four years, I figured it out. He doesn't put in his low scores. He only puts in his high scores. Yeah. I want to kill him. I mean, that's called sandbagging. It's awful. You got to confront him. Oh, I have. He's taught his brother how to do it. His brother's on his team. They both do it. But I'm the opposite. Right. And that's common with athletes and celebrities. I won't put in my high scores.
0: Yeah, because so like, if people are talking about Andre Iguodala's golf game, Mm -hmm. you want them to say, he's better right you don't you don't want to be like a 12 and then go out and win some tournament you 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 want to be a two and just like be a two exactly so
1: that's i'm the same way that's my issue right now but yeah, i did just plug. i plugged in like any if it starts with a nine I, i'm so mad i don't want to plug it in <laughs> but i plugged in my last two nines i saw like 90 and like a 92 i was so i was i wanted to just kill myself they call that a vanity handicap
0: mm. it's common gotcha are right, we gonna go to a quick commercial we'll be right back everybody Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Folks, you've heard me talk about it, and I'm not talking about... Never mind. I'm talking about Precision Pro. You've heard me talk about them. I got a chance to meet these guys. I went out to Cincinnati. spent the, I spent four years with them in one week. It was incredible. Anyway, uh, what's the main thing that golfers have in their bag that they're going to use most during a round? I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a putter. I'm not talking about your favorite iron. I'm not talking about your right arm to flag the beverage cart. I'm talking about your rangefinder. All golfers need a rangefinder that they can trust to know the precise distance in their target for nearly every shot whether you're on the tee box or in the fairway. That's true. Honestly, I've thought about using it for putting, just so I can be super accurate, because putting is obviously lagging a little bit. Getting a phone call, folks. Um, Anyway, I carry the NX-9 HD Rangefinder by Precision Pro Golf. It's easy to use, incredibly fast, and most importantly, it gives me the exact yardage to my target so I can choose the right club and swing with confidence. I actually love pulling it out. People are like, what is that? I'm like, it's Precision Pro. Get down with the green and blue, my guy. Green and gray, I mean. Um, not to mention Precision Pro offers free battery replacement services for the life of your rangefinder. We all know how annoying it is to run out of batteries, but you get an extra one when you get it. And then you get rangefinder batteries throughout the, like I said, life of your rangefinder. So you're not only getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. So really it just depends on how long you live. And at that point, that's where the podcast sort of, that's where it just drops off and it's up to you at that point. Live healthy, obviously. Play, Don't play golf and lightning. Uh, don't, don't shoot adventures in golf because that, that we've talked about that with my insurance company and it does decrease my lifespan, but you know, it increases the benefits and we all have fun. We've all signed up. Me and the crew have all signed. Uh, it's like an NDA for your life. Good news. The NX9 HD rangefinder is on sale for $40 off. Even better listeners of the podcast can receive an extra $10 off by using the coupon code Eric, E R I K at checkout. Go to PrecisionProGolf.com and use the coupon code ERIC at checkout for $50 off the NX9 HD rangefinder today. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right, one more read, folks. Adidas. Over 5 million pieces of plastic are floating in our oceans, which over time get broken down, making it easy for sea life to ingest, ultimately affecting our own food chain. So it is your problem. It's not just a world problem. It's you. It affects you. Adidas is working with Parley to prevent plastic entering our oceans and transform it into high-performance sportswear. Mm -mm. Shoes is coming soon. Just hold on. Hold your hats, folks. I'm not even done with the ad. Stop trying to figure out what I'm going to say. Adidas is spinning the problem into what? A solution. The thread into a thread. I don't know what that means. It's written here. It says the thread into a thread. I don't know who wrote this. Adidas Golf is bringing eco-innovation to the golf course in a the form of a special edition shoe. All right, this is legit, actually. This is the first time the Parlay shoe has been uh, a golf shoe. I've had it in the um, form of a running shoe. I mean, look, it's a, it's a sick shoe that serves a purpose, okay? That's where you get it. Um, the Tour 360 XT Parlay, the first ever golf shoe. Oh, looks, they already wrote it for me. The first ever golf shoe made from, pla- uh, recycled. Oh no, it's not called recycled. It's called upcycled. I don't know what that is. I feel like I should probably Google that upcycled plastic waste that was intercepted like Jason Bourne from the beaches and coastal communities before reaching the ocean. Dang. I didn't realize this is Jason Bourne's golf shoe. Intercepted. I mean, the, I'm a the golf guy, but I also love football. Who doesn't love a classic interception, especially when it's Jason Bourne saving planet Earth? Entire upper of the shoe is made with threads spun. It's also a DJ. Amazing. From the upcycled plastic waste. My phone's ringing. It's Andrew Marlar. Hang on. All right, well, that was a 20-minute phone call, but you have no idea. It just went by like that. Um, anyway, the Tour 360 XT Parlay, the first ever golf shoe made from upcycled plastic. I already read this because it's got the intercepted line. Intercepted from beaches and coastal communities in a world before reaching the ocean. The entire upper of the shoe is made from thread spun from upcycled plastic waste. Built, is, built as the Tor 360 XT, you still get great traction and stability. I feel like, what's that line from Taken? I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> they will take you. Available starting June 10th at adidas.com. And for those headed to the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, a select number of pairs will be sold on site. Get into it, folks. All right, back to the show.
1: You didn't think I knew. We're back. I, I didn't. Yeah. I'm on it. You, you follow Random Golf Club? I know that's you. What do you think? Or oh, does any, anybody supposed to know that's you? No, it's me. Oh, that's okay. my
0: whole thing. That's that's my that's my life.
1: So, okay, so we could jump into that now. Yeah, let's go. So I told you I was building. I'm building out my space, right? Yeah. This is all I need in life. I just need my golf space, right? So I'm going to, I'm, I'm in the in the infancy stages of building my own little golf club. Okay. Like a cult. So I'm I'm, a, I'm I've been thinking about like special memberships, okay. Sending out sending out invitations, but it's only for the simulator to come to the house, and and just play like on the simulator. What are you gonna call it? I don't know yet. Okay. I I haven't thought of a name. We gotta come up with a name. Yeah, and I'm gonna do some apparel, but. Random golf club is so like perfect, because I get it. It's like it's so many like golf clubs. It's like well, what what is it like? What does it mean? It's like random, and then your font like the cursive is perfect like you figured it out people listening to the pod you can't see i'm grinning like uh, (laughs) i've got it though i'm (laughs) grinning probably like you were when you saw your photo in the uh, high school paper yes yes okay i got you no this is dope though man you got it you got it it's pretty cool man thanks man yeah
0: It, it originated out of the idea of you know when i came to golf you know um i felt like a Complete outsider. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I went, it was like I, I was. People didn't like want me at the course. I felt like um, I, I didn't want to wear a collared shirt. I, I mm-hmm. had a lot of things. I had a lot of issues with going to play golf, and you know, I basically. But I found that through these rounds of golf that I would play in L.A., mm-hmm. I would meet all these random people, like like just completely diverse. Yes, you know, and I mean, you can imagine every race, every age, every mm-hmm. job, every ability, every accent, and for those holes we were like a little tribe yep and that was something that as a fan of sport and as a fan of you know playing sports as a kid it didn't exist in any other world of my life there was mm-hmm. no other way to mix in a in a in a super intimate atmosphere for that long right so there became the idea and basically i was a member at a club in la and i enjoyed it but i also felt like I was missing some of that, like, right. Yes, 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 yes. Real yes, mixing. Yes, yes. I got you. So that was it for me.
1: I got you. And you just gave me, like, this really dope idea of a name. He's got his phone out. Yeah, we have the same case, Andre. Oh, we got the same case. We have the same case. <laughs> I have the nice le- nice leather iPhone case. So I'm going to write my name down. That I got names I'm just Do you want to them.
0: be a member of Random Golf Club, Andre? Oh, I would love that. You could be member number, I think he'd be member number four. Oh, yeah. You only have four See, members. That's pretty
1: cool. Like, yeah. Yeah,
0: we're gonna offer membership soon, and random golf is gonna be a thing that you can join and you can get a handicap. Do you have a you have a club where you have a handicap? Yes, but you could have a random golf club handicap, which would uh-huh. be, I mean, you know, pretty dope.
1: That's pretty okay. I got it. Okay, okay, I got it. Um no, but you're writing talking down about... the idea, but you're not telling me the idea. No, I was just thinking the names. Oh, you gotta tell me. Well, you said tribe, so tribes in it. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that we could so, talk about that. No, we gonna collab though. I like it. We I, they do all types of collaborations. I have a uh, couple friends, um, who uh, are in different spaces. So one friend's in like the culture space. So he does collaborations with. Uh, he did one with Bentley Krug Champagne. And he did one with uh, just a bunch of different places. So he's like an influencer online, but he just does cool stuff. And um, I have him looking at some things in terms of font in terms of ideas, in terms of, you know, different apparel. Then I have a good friend who's actually a uh, designer. He has his own clothing line called a Bossy Rosborough, And uh, they've won a few fashion awards. Um, Actually, when I saw his clothes in Africa in Nigeria, I'm like, oh, he's legit. We went to college together. His dad was my high school coach. So that's like our weird, um, how we met. So um, he has these um, blazers he went back he went back in the time and was like where did the blazer come from good question like where did the blazer come from like why do we wear blazers and why do they have buttons and why do they have uh... splits uh... Yeah. in the back and why is there a lapel like this and it came in horseback riding that's why you had the two slits it, it, was horse. it was for horses It's for horses so he redesigned this like uh, aerodynamic blazer is like the most comfortable thing ever and then he has these jeans too they're like my favorite jeans and yeah i need to have make me another pair but uh, they're like very, it's like, it's function over form. Right. So there's like, it's like kind of spandexy on the inside. You can't see them, so you can move so much better. And it's in the jacket, too. So if we can come up with some golf ideas to throw in there with some apparel. Like, I, all these ideas have been going on for the last two weeks. That's it. It's only been like two weeks. Really? Yeah, so it's jumping in my mind.
0: I mean, golf fashion is a thing that I'm really interested in because it is a complicated problem. Yes. Right? You've got to look good. You've got to wear a collar and a belt. Mm-hmm. But you also have to, like, walk all day. Right. And you have to like turn or, turn a bunch. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Like it it really is an interesting thing. I, do, you must uh, get your stuff tailored, right?
1: Yes. You have to. So I'm still like having this issue with like length in my legs. So What do you mean length in your legs? So my, my pants are always like a quarter, like an eighth of an inch, like short. Eighth of an inch. That's yeah. how I know you're a detail-oriented guy. What's your pant size? So I'm like a 35 in the waist okay. and like 36 and a half. 36 in the length. Okay. And you're 6'6". You six, six. I'm 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is when you get a 36-36, then they shrink like an eighth of an inch <laughs> and not too short. So they fit the first time you wear them. So I'm, I'm used to having that problem. But uh. I had a crazy realization. I'm a
0: 31-inch waist, which is like pants don't come at 31. Right. So you got to get them tailored. This was a big, this was like when I was 12, I realized that my life was different from Nate's. Now, now I realize that at some 35 years old, I was like, I'm a 31-inch waist. Uh, and this mm. is why pants don't fit me.
1: It's funny how you find figure out things like we become older and wiser because you start paying attention. Yeah. We're not paying attention when we're younger.
0: So, let's talk about uh, you know when you when you when you get into golf. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have different versions of playing the game, mm-hmm. but ultimately we all have the same kind of thing. Would you say you're addicted to golf? Uh, my wife would say I am. What is it, though? I mean, there's a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Is it, you know, I'm assuming for you it has to do with that ultimate kind of experience of, like, success on the golf course mm-hmm. of turning three shots into two. Right.
1: Is that what it is? For me, it's, it's it's a lot of things. Like, I don't know. I probably could write a book on it. So I got into golf. Like, I watched Tiger a lot as a kid. But like I said, like, I didn't know where to go to play golf. So I was always, like, Tiger Woods is, like, the, guy, the man. But I didn't know how to swing a club. Then my, my like first experience at a country club was in college with a alumni uh, fundraiser or whatever you call it with the basketball team. And we had to play with them. I didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. Like we was out there joking <laughs> around in the carts. but I wanted to learn how to play just, you know, and then you gotta go to class, you gotta play basketball, you forget about it. Then when I got to the NBA, I got a set of clubs from Nike. But you still had the same problem, don't know where to go. Like, where do you go play? Like, what's next? Like who's gonna teach me how to swing? And then you focus on your career. You don't have time to play. Right. Once I got to the Bay area, just before the Bay Area, I got some friends that played and was trying to play with them. Once I got here is when it, it kind of hit me. I got with one of our assistant coaches and he taught me how to hit a draw.
0: That is one of the hardest things for a beginner
1: to do, I think. That was it. Like you hear the sound and the ball just turning from right to left and then, you know, you just start smiling like, oh, and then now you're just trying to do that every time. Did you struggle with the slice a slice law in the beginning? That's all I was doing was slicing, yeah, but, yeah, but then it's funny because what do you do when you're slicing it? You just keep turning further and further and further <laughs> left, right, to overcompensate. What you don't know is the further you turn left, the more it slices. <laughs> <So> you're an open stance, but you don't know that, right? So he taught me, man, drop your right foot back. All right, now swing at 1 o'clock. All right, it's 12 o'clock straight back, swing at 1 o'clock inside. Now, if 6 o'clock is straight ahead, you swing at 7, whatever it was, and turn your wrist over. <sighs> oh, my God. He was like, "Yeah, your yeah, instructor's not gonna teach you that because he wants you to keep coming back. So he's <laughs> never going to get you to do that." He said, "You see, I took me three minutes to teach you that." And like he was so good at explaining things because he was a coach, really good coach, Pete Myers, and uh, he played for the Bulls, he played with Michael Jordan, and uh, he's a, he's a golf nut too. So like we became best friends, like instantly right after that how much like
0: you know golf is so much about like you know body awareness mm-hmm. right like like your coach can see you like your your swing coach is like oh no no, no. just just i want you to feel like your right hip is is uh, you know touching the wall behind you mm-hmm. and you're like what and you do it and it feels so weird right how much body awareness do you have in the golf swing
1: um i'm pretty good at my body like i was a high jumper in high school too like I was a better high jumper than a basketball player early in high school. So I'm pretty good at body awareness. And then, like, I take boxing now, and my boxing instructor would be like... Wait, you take boxing? You, you, do you take shots? No, I don't get hit. <laughs> I don't get hit. I just do it for uh, conditioning. It's like, the, it's, like, one of the toughest things to condition for. So, And
0: why? What do you mean? Like, just because of it's, like...
1: Uh, oh, man, it's the hardest thing you can do. It's, it's crazy. So it's just like... I don't know too much about boxing. So boxing is, like, first of all, if you just stand here and just throw 20 jabs... Like after 20, you're like, oh my god, that's only been like 20 seconds, and I can't lift my arm anymore. So just keeping your arms up is hard. And then you're maneuvering, switching. Now you're ducking shots, and here's how hard hard, hard boxing is. Just go to hit a heavy bag for one minute straight. Just try for one minute. Just punch a heavy bag for one minute, and see how you feel afterwards. And then realize somebody's doing this for 12 rounds, for three minutes a round, and someone else is punching him. Like, the, the heavy bag's not even hitting back. <laughs> you're dead. Is this, like, fast twitch kind of thing? Is, is that not really? And then it's technique, too. So, like, somebody's, like, keep your head down. And then you're punching your head, goes here. He's like, you put your head there again, I'm going to smack you. Like, you get knocked out if your head's right here instead of right here. And that's, like, half an inch. You know right. what I mean? So, it's just very technical. And I'm just a huge fan of, like, technical sports. Golf is obviously a technical sport. And, like, how in tune every part of your body has to be. So... Like, she would say, back to what you were saying, she would say, like, when I tell you to do something, like, you get it right away. He was, she's like, you know, most of my clients don't get it. She was like, yo, your hand keeps dropping. Stop dropping your hand. Because it's actually you hit someone harder the faster you bring the hand back. Who would have thought that, right? Wait, really? So what you Wait, say, the- swing faster, not harder? Right. So I'm not punching hard. I'm punching fast and bringing it back fast. You actually hit someone harder that way. Because of the speed.
0: Yeah. We were talking before the podcast started, Andre and I were talking a little bit about like swing tips or whatever. And I was saying that the best tip I've heard recently was swing faster, not harder, mm-hmm. which I forget every day. Yeah. Yes, yes,
1: on. yes, 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 yes,
0: yes. So, so I just like you, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, I feel like I know a lot about you, but, and I feel like a lot of people probably feel like they know a lot about mm-hmm. you, but like, what, what, what do we not know? Is there, is there things that we
1: don't know? What do you not know? Um, I'm I'm getting better over time. I used to be like I didn't have a good attitude when I was playing back, but now I'm I'm starting to have like. You're talking about golf or basketball? Golf, okay. Yeah, yeah. Basketball. You, you only want to talk about golf today. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. Basketball. <laughs> I love it. But in golf, it's like <laughs> it's amazing. I just heard someone say it too. It's like when you play good. You want to play right again. Like, you want to play, like, the next day. Or you want to play, like, right now. Like, if I go shoot, if I break 80, I'm like, yo, I'm playing 36. I'm <laughs> going to break 80 again in the same day. But then when you're playing so shitty, you're playing so bad. Yeah. You're just like, what the hell just happened? Waste of time. And then you usually par the 18th hole. Yeah. So like, come on, man, I got to figure it out. Let's play again. Right. Right? That so one last hit. <laughs> it's never, it's like never enough. It's, it's like, it's like addicting. So. What do people not know about me? Like, uh, I, I just, in, I enjoy uh, conversations that activate the brain. Mm. You know, anything of substance. And I mean, what, golf is of substance to me. And it's just, like I said, we can talk about, we can talk all day long.
0: You, uh, you said you had a bad attitude. Are you talking like, are you talking like you broke a club
1: once? Never broke a club, cause I don't like I'm tall, so I would go a long time without the club to get it again. So Cuz it's so custom. Yeah, I probably thrown a club like twice. Like I'm not big on that. Uh cursing. I used to curse like I try not to curse when I play golf anymore. Really why? I don't know. I think that's just for me. It's not like it's cuz it's not good golf etiquette. But do
0: you curse in the normal outside of golf like?
1: No, nah, not really. My wife sometimes if I curse like a couple times she's like stop cursing cuz really? I don't I don't curse too much. Um so it's just I feel like I'm better with my patience if I'm not cursing. So oh, I say, yeah. fuck, I do that all the time. I'm like, man, fuck, juh. So I kind of, I kind of. Uh, Is it for the kids? No, nah, my motto. <laughs> I have this funny motto on kids. Uh, it's not a good one. It's bad. So, no, it's not because of the kids. I curse on my son sometimes. 12-year-olds t- test your patience. <laughs> they, they do a really good job of testing your patience. I don't curse at them too much because somebody to think I'm abusing my son. <laughs> <But I laughs> so so in some sense golf has been a lesson for you in your own kind of uh management of your emotions for sure right so golf is like some people say they golf off the network yeah. and i've met so many people off golf like i've had like uh like like life altering relationships through golf like some of my closest friends are from the golf course now and like i was i wanted to bring it up earlier is like it's how hard is it to find three guys you can spend four hours with very hard to find a perfect group right and then once you find each you find another person that you can add to your group it was like oh you're in you're in my group you're in my life now Try because it's hard to find these people and this is what i found in business you learn something about another human you only need they say how much time does it take you to learn somebody and someone said like uh because if in the workspace, my wife was talking about it. She's opened her own business. She says, uh, in leadership, it takes you 20 hours or 40 hours to really get to know somebody and to be able to lead them. And someone else from a venture firm said two hours, because uh, she has to get to know entrepreneurs really fast to learn a business. I say four hours. And she's like, why four hours? I was like, listen, I've, uh-huh. learned, I've learned so much about a person just in one round of golf. I know everything about him." I know what gets them going. I know it ticks them off. I know if they're a good person, if they're a bad person. I know how they treat people when they're in a bad mood. I know how they treat people when they're in a good mood. I figured it out. So when I'm doing, like, business meetings, I'm just watching somebody. I'm just seeing how they are, especially the ones that like golf, because then you really find out who they are because they actually care. Yeah. It's, it's, like, just the craziest thing, and I, it's crazy that I found that through golf. But then, like, I've also found, like, peace. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like at peace. Like, I forget about all my problems. Really? Like, it's just gone. Because you're so focused on this little, this little ball just trying to make it do what you want it to do. This is crazy.
0: It, you're, you're making me wanna ask you about something that I know that you enjoy, meditation.
1: Yes. Oh, I meditated yesterday, cause I fell off the wagon, but I got it yesterday. And then I had one of my best speeches yesterday. I did like a fireside chat, it was amazing. How long was it? Uh, the, the meditation or the speech? Both. The meditation uh, I had to do quick, cause I had to get in and out. So it was 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. And then the talk was, uh, it was time, 30 minutes, but we went over. But then that led into like the dinner. and That led into like a found two founders I was trying to meet up with for the longest. I got in contact with them and be able to invest in their company. So it was like yesterday was a perfect day. When you do the 15-minute meditation, what's the process? So I use um, I use Headspace. And um, my mind's working because I'm thinking like I hate saying names that I'm not. Yeah, I was like yeah, I think you wish you would invested in headspace. Branding. Well I met the guy that does the voice. I actually <laughs> met him. I met uh, Andy. I met the guy that does the voice, yes. I met him at a Lakers game. Yeah. Years ago. And um He bought a house in Malibu with that money. Ah.
0: He did okay. Well he's 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 changing some lives. I hey, I used Headspace for a while. <laughs> okay. I stopped ultimately, um and I don't really know why, but mm-hmm. I used it.
1: Okay. So I use it and like he'll walk me through it. And if I haven't done it in a while, I'll go back to the earlier stages just so he can walk me through it. I use the female voice now. Yesterday, I didn't know they had a female voice. They have a female voice now. I just found out yesterday. So I use the female voice, and, um, I, you know, you just get familiar with the surroundings, and you're listening for white noise, and then you're just sure. getting comfortable in your body, and then you're just filling your body out from head to toe. Like, you know, what's going on with yourself? Do you feel anything? Just kind of relaxing everything, and then there's that thing where you're just trying to find that ultimate spotlight. Spotlight goes to the top of your head, and you're just trying to fill it up, fill up the cup. You're just feeling that, that sunshine hit you, right? And I feel that most when I'm in the sun. Like, I'm big on getting in the sun. You have to, The sun brings energy. What's the sun? Vitamin E, right? Uh, or vitamin D? I don't actually know. D? E? The, the sun's e. vitamin D. There's no other source of vitamin D, natural source of vitamin D on Earth, right? Is that true? You can't get in the pill. Stop taking vitamin D pills. This is not real. <laughs> I'm big on nutrition, too, so. Uh, and... Um, so I'm big on that sunlight thing. So when you're meditating, you're supposed to think of like you're breathing like actual like a light, like a beacon of light through the top of your brain and just filling it up from the feet up. And you and before you know it, you're focusing on your breaths. Before you know it, like 15 minutes is up and you're like, you feel like refreshed afterwards. Right. And it's just like,
0: it's just a different feeling. So you, uh, do you, do you, do you have the experience of meditation on the golf course? Do you, do you, do you come back to it ever? Like, do you have a little process that you use? Like. Like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things I could think of, but is there something
1: that you have, a technique? In terms of when I'm on a golf course? Yeah. If I do a range session, like, just on a range, like I'll zone out. Right. It just happens naturally. Yeah, it's just natural. Like, I'm zoning out. Like, I'm, like, I have a routine trying to hit my short shots, 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards, 60 yards, and I'm trying to get them, hit them a certain way, low, high, and then I got, like, five targets, And I've learned, like, you know, I try to hit three in a row, cut, three in a row, draw. Right. And then switch targets, same thing, and switch clubs. Like, I'll take a seven iron, hit it 150, try to hit it 160, and then try to hit it, you know, 180, and then try to cut some, draw some.
0: But what about, like, you're on the, um, you know, on the tee, Mm -hmm. and you just... And, and, you're, and you're sort of, whatever happened in the last hole, it could have been good, it could have been bad. You could have had an eagle, you could have had a triple. Like, what what, what do you do on that on that next tee box? Oh, do, do you a great, have a thing?
1: Um, what I've learned about myself is I, um, it just happened recently where I had, like, two dumb holes. Like, I did something stupid, right? And it used to, like, linger. Like, if I was playing really good and I started counting my score, the last two holes were, like, disasters. But now I just forget about the last hole and move on. I've gotten this thing, I've turned like basketball back into basketball mode. Like if I have a bad hole, if I get a bogey or a double, or if I get a, a few dumb bogeys, I'll be like, I'm about to par the next three holes. And then one day I did it like par, par, par. And then I got a 30, I'm like, I finished like one under through like six, the last six holes. Cause I was so mad at the first couple holes. I ended up turning into like a 79. Wow. I shot a 80 that day. This was like two weeks ago. Because I, cause I hadn't been playing, and I was like, man, stop tricking off these holes. Like, you get in there where you need to be. you get in position to par, and then you just mess it up. And then I left the course, and I shot 80. That was, like, a perfect day. Because I hadn't played in a long time. So, like, that was, like, the perfect day for me.
0: It sounds like that's almost just a level of, like, intensity. Right. Like, you're just like, I'm going to put everything I have into this. Because I, I, the interesting thing about golf is that you have four hours where mm-hmm. you really only spend one minute playing golf. Right right like right, a, right, the golf right. swing is like 1.1 1. 1 seconds or something like that and you know you're gonna hit it 60 70 90 times whatever and it's like it's really hard to like mm-hmm. re-engage that level of intensity and like on some level it's like I, I don't know if this is what it's like for you but for me as an amateur right like i don't i don't uh, i don't have any world of like competitive professional athletics so for me it's like it's it's almost hard to like try does that make sense like uh like because if i try really hard and fail then it's really bad yes but if i kind of gave up and then i made a bogey it's like well i didn't really try that hard
1: well i'm that's al- messed up i'm always in see that's what i like about golf because you playing to get yourself so like the guys that are better than me i am actually chasing them right so the funny thing is i'm feeling it now so when i when i first started playing i was you know, I went from like a 25 then I got down to a 22 and I was just knocking off four strokes a year. Right. I was right. not. But there were guys, the guys that I played with, they're still sixes, sevens. You know, my one friends of three or four, but he says he's eight. There's those same guys. Right. So it's hard to go from a five to a two, like really hard. But yeah. I'm just I'm finally starting to beat these guys, but I've been chasing them. The funny thing is now I'm, I've become like the lowest handicap in the group, which is odd territory. Like this summer, I'm like, I'm the lowest handicap. Now those same guys are chasing me. <laughs> it's so weird. But what I've learned was that like, no matter how anyone plays at the end of the day, if I beat myself, that's when I'm most satisfied. Like if someone else beats me and I played as as good as I could have and I break 80, oh, I don't even care. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You beat me today, but I, you, I, I won today. Right. So it was kind of like that. Well, if I beat someone, but I shot like an eighty-six, I'm like, ah, uh, uh, it, was it was a bad, it was stupid round. Right. Yeah. You care more. Do you play match play or is
0: this stroke play?
1: Uh, so some friends we do both. So uh, one friend will do nine, nine and eighteen. So we'll do match play, uh, and then who win, You win the front nine, you win the back nine, and win overall. Okay. So most of the time it's match play because you know us, we can have a blow up two blow up holes, and then that's that's your whole round in terms of stroke. Do you uh, so you do like to gamble? You like to play for something on the course? No, nah, I don't like really, I don't like gambling on the really? course cuz I'm playing against myself, so doesn't I mean, even matter. Most of all, I mean I'm not a gambler, so it's like $100 I'm like, "Man, I don't have 100 bucks, man. Like just I pay for dinner like." Sorry, you don't have 100 bucks? Like I don't, Sorry, have, I 100, just, I don't exactly, have $100. I don't have 100 bucks in cash.
0: The mic cut out. I just I <laughs> thought I heard Andre Gudala <laughs> tell me he didn't have 100 bucks. I like, just like yeah, it's like so the, weird. like
1: I got $10 in my wallet, two fives <laughs> right now. Like I do have You have Venmo? Yeah, I have all you that. You got Venmo? Like I, I hate I'd like to see your Venmo balance. I hate transferring money, <laughs> but like, but listen to me. If I beat you and you owe me a hundred bucks, I'll and, and you'd be like, I'm Venmo to you. I'm like, oh, man, just pay for dinner, like buy me right, like right. some, buy me a glove or something. We're the like, same. We're the same. Yeah, like I don't really care about the exchange of money. Like, right. like I'm more of the competitor. Like, yeah, I, I bust your ass today, especially if somebody better than me. It's yeah. pride. Yeah. Yeah, that's way that's worth way more than the money, like, right? I right because yeah, like. that goes
0: into your, you know, your your friendship.
1: Right, right. And Spencer's his name. Spencer's my friend. He's a three, but he claims he's a seven. He's a he's a, he's a we seven. We gotta get like, Spencer on face. He's man. awful. Yeah, <laughs> Spencer's awful. But uh, when I beat Spencer, so here's the other thing on the handicap side, right? So if you're a ten, you can take a triple. Right. But if you're below a temp- 10, Oh, it's a, only two. You can only take double. Yeah. So I beat him like two times before. And like I'm like, yo, I just beat you today. He was like, no, I got a better score to you. I'm like, huh? I'm like, yo, I saw you get two triples. Well, no, no, the,
0: that is not relevant in a competition. But when you when, but when you go to enter your handicap, you will remove any triples and turn them into doubles.
1: So this is the type. This is him.
0: We got to get Spencer on a
1: Facetime. He'll probably answer. He will answer. All
0: right, we'll get him. We'll get him on the course.
1: So this is what he. So this is what he would do. He was like, I mean, we didn't say we were. We were competing before the round. I'm like, bro, who doesn't? Who's not trying to play the best golf? Like, what do you mean? He was like, but we're not competing. It's not a match. Like, I didn't say I'm gonna play against you today. I'm like, come on, Spence. Like, if you beat me today, you be like, I got you today. You're gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll wait till the act. Come on, Spence. So he beat me by like one stroke, two different times, and I had like I would have one or two triples, and he had two triples too. But he would just say they were doubles. No. And I'm like, "Bro, you they were triples." He was like, "It's not my, I didn't make up this rule. I can't put down triples." That's not the rule. But I finally kicked his ass and
0: Well, so it was really a, it was confusing to me because I played in a tournament at my home club like uh-huh. a month or a year ago and I had a quad. I had a 9 on mm-hmm. a par 5. I mean, it was terrible. I don't want to talk about it. And then, you know, gave my scorecard in and when I went to look on my handicap, I noticed that my score for that tournament on that date was was not gotcha. what I turned in. And it was because I did score a nine in the tournament. Yep. But for the handicapping purposes, they make the nine into a seven. Yep. So that's the double. Yep. That's It's not – you can't – because then he could just – anytime you're a double, he could just put the ball in his pocket and be like, I win. Or anytime you are a triple because right. of your handicap.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: We'll, exactly. we'll get him on the phone. All right. Uh, so last couple things. Uh, you – You've you've uh, not just on its own like technology is fascinating to you, mm-hmm. and we've talked a lot about that. Um, and we talked a little bit about that before the podcast. But as well, it seems like you're very interested in kind of merging the the tech that you're fascinated by. I have a Tesla as well. Mm-hmm. Love technology for me. You know, anytime a new phone comes out, I want it. Yeah. Every time a new camera comes out, I want it. Every time there's a new device or app or way of doing something, I'm 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 all about it. I'm mm-hmm. like an early adopter. You know. And uh, do you, you're obviously involved in the business of tech and in the and in the world of learning about tech. Do you does that come to your golf game at all, or is that really kind of uh, it's just a business thing?
1: No, it, it's like everywhere, especially in golf. So uh, I read Golf Works and my Golf Digest, and I'm looking at new technology and who's doing what and the the foam filled space that everyone got into. Right. Like so. I'm locked in. Uh, the blogs subscribe to on YouTube, and different golf uh, guys, always testing the clubs, the Rick Shields, Shields, all those guys, so yeah. I'm, my wife would be like, so you have time to spend an hour looking at golf stuff at night when you could be doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you know you're kind of an addict when you're, yeah, so, I mean, uh, especially the drivers and what they're doing with all these drivers, what Callaway's done with the driver and, and what uh, Taylor May's done. And, what uh pxg i play pxgs right now what they're doing uh with their forgiveness with their clubs it's just i always think like how much farther can you go like they just keep they just keep going further and further it's crazy
0: right and then as far as you know when you're looking at you know from a businessman's standpoint Mm -hmm. and you're looking at prospective opportunities Mm -hmm. um, as an investor what are you most interested in as far as like is it is it the idea the technol technological possibility is it Mm -hmm. the impact Is it the people? What what, what kind of, what are you looking at mostly?
1: Uh, Most of the time, you're looking at the market, right? So the market size. So is it something that is uh, financially appealing? You know, uh, that's for the most part. Because you do have your things where uh, there's there's educational, there's impact. uh, But I feel like you can have the most impact when you have the means to impact it. Right. So, you know, I'm going out for, you know, the thousand xers, the hundred xers, just so I'm able to accumulate the amount of wealth that will enable me to really make the change that I really want to make. And uh, obviously, that's in uh, my community and some of the uh, economical issues that we have, as far as education, as far as uh, financial freedom, financial education. And you know, you look at uh, something like golf. You know, where uh, we don't have the means to really get into golf the way I feel like we could impact it. You know. We, we, culture is everywhere culture is king and we have a large influence in everything that we get involved with so you know just being able to give back uh, but like it's funny i just went that deep but it, it all starts with um, you know finding those companies that that have the market size that are, are able to scale they're able to have the network effects that have a uh, large financial means or rewards uh, so when, when when you do accumulate it all you know it's not really for me it's just to give it back You've seen a lot
0: of different sides to the game of golf from what you were talking about with the Boys and Girls Club Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the way up to Augusta National. So Mm -hmm. when you look at the world from where you are, right, and you have this perspective of it sounds like, you know, inclusion and and possibility and, you know, technological future and, um, you know, peace of mind, whatever it is. When you, when you look at golf, what stands out as kind of like the most important things that kind of need to be addressed in
1: some way? You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I had an interesting conversation at this golf course uh, with a guy. We were talking about athletes in terms, of, in terms of their financial literacy. And he was like, well, why won't athletes just balance their own checkbook? Right. So I had to walk him all the way through, all the way back, you know, to like childhood and, and the environment you're born in. i was like, well, how can you learn how to balance something you never had? And I asked him where he was from. And he's like, I'm from up the street. I'm like, how long you been a member of here? He says, I was a kid. Wow. And then dawned upon him, he said, oh, he said, holy shit, have I grown up in a bubble? <laughs> His words, <laughs> right? And, and 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 I had to open it up to him. Um, so for me, like, we got to find a way to, I think, I think the way to make golf cool, because we're always trying to say, well, how do we make golf cool? cool and just make it appealing make it accessible not to not to make it appealing because i think it's appealing if everyone has access to it but if if everyone doesn't have access to it then you know it's only limited to a certain amount of people and those are people that can have access to it
0: all right last question do you know what it is oh no i don't can well we talked a little bit about it sometimes when i'm with a guest who i feel like is up to the task it's Mm -hmm. not the easiest one I asked them if they could write a letter to
1: golf. Oh, oh yes. yes, start yes it started yes, off yes, just, yes, dear yes. golf. Yes. I, I'm um, a letter to golf. I can do that. I didn't write it, but that's in my mind. I'm going to take a crack at it. Okay. Uh, dear golf, um, you've been uh, very inspirational. Uh, you brought me to different parts of the world open my eyes to different things in the world, good and bad, uh, in terms of uh, building relationships, networking, and um, a little bit of uh, bias as well. Uh, But it's helped me grow as a person, uh, be appreciative of my humble beginnings, uh, helped me uh, want to be more giving in terms of those who don't have the access uh, but I will say uh, to Gough thank you uh, for the peace of mind, most importantly. Uh, we've, we've There's been a lot of talk in our world of, of mental health that's been brought to the forefront uh, of, the, of the human attention more than ever before. And I want to say thank you because uh, you've been a huge part of my peace of mind and helping me with my mental health. Uh, so here's to many more great years. Uh, thank you. That was great. It sounded like I knew what I was doing. It, no, it really, it
0: really <laughs> did. It really did. I could tell you're a public speaker. That was good. I've been practicing. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna go play some golf. Um, we're gonna go. We, we didn't really even explain where we were today, folks. We're sitting in this like massive bay window at the Olympic Club. Uh,
1: we're gonna play the lake course, which you've played before. Yeah, I played the lake course once. I played the ocean course once. The ocean course, I wasn't good enough to play golf. Oh, I didn't belong here. Uh, <laughs> not because I didn't belong here, because of whatever but I didn't my golf game didn't belong here yeah and then the second time I played the late course which is much harder and uh I scored so much better that's funny I scored yeah. like 20 shots better <laughs> <laughs> that's a big swing <laughs> yeah
0: I've never played the lake course I've only played the ocean course um I've got you know I'm a, I'm a bit I'm, I'm not at my highest physical mm-hmm. condition right now you can hear I got a little congestion um but uh but I'm really excited get out there and play uh, we're going we're gonna to not gamble, but we're going to play a match against ourselves individually together, I guess. Oh, we can play against each other? This is your game. I don't know.
1: No, we can play against each other. I'm cool I'm, with that. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You give me uh, you give me uh, four strokes. Four so, strokes through 18. Yeah, so one through four. Okay. One through four. I, I got the scorecard around here. I mean, yeah. there are some long
0: par fours. What tees are we going
1: to play? Uh, you know, the longer that you hit the ball, it's actually better for you to hit it from the further back. Uh, I agree. The landing areas are better. I keep telling people that. they like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, yo, I hate playing up close because I can't hit a driver because you get in more trouble if you spray it. Yeah. But if you're further back, you spray it, you're fine. What's your uh, average drive distance? Oh, it's all over the place. I got Arcos. I got all my metrics. I love that stuff. Yeah, I I'm into that. Uh, if I had to, okay, so if I'm on a good day, I'm probably driving at 285. Um, yeah. I have a few, like, I have a few 300s and then I have a few 190s because I did some stupid <laughs> You're L- an honest man. Yeah, lately, I know what to do. Lately, like, just hit the cut. Hit the cut off the tee, and you're fine. Just hit the cut. When I try to hit that draw, I do stupid stuff.
0: You know, I'm literally, <laughs> you're literally, like, I couldn't be in more agreement with you. Like, yeah. my best rounds
1: are when I just step up, look at the left
0: side, and just, like, hold
1: on. Yeah. Just
0: hold on. You're fine. Just hold on.
1: Even if you hit it left, you're still not in the trouble as you try to hit a draw, and it, you don't know where it's going. You and I,
0: how about this? How about this? Let's go out and see how many consecutive cuts we can hit oh, in a row. Right. I, bet, I bet it could be a personal best today.
1: What's your personal best? Score? On the golf course, yeah. Uh, I shot a 75 this summer. Okay. I shot a 75, right? And we're on the, we're on like 16, 15 or six. We were on 15. And I hit the ball. I cut it a little bit too much. It lands in a, tr- it, 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 it's like trees out here. It's, it, was, uh, my, it was Peninsula Golf Club right at the road. Not Monterey Peninsula, but Peninsula Golf Club. So it's a tree just hanging off the fairway. It, it, it lands on a tree just above the fairway, and we didn't see it come down. I'm like, oh, it's right there. We'll find it. It's right there. Next two guys hit the same exact line, same tree. All right, we'll find when we get up there. Get up there, find two balls, just in the rough, right at the fairway, right there. Can't find my ball. <laughs> I double that hole. Ah, uh, par seventy one. I shoot a seventy five. That was close. I was so that one hole. Ah, uh, but that one hole, I got the double. And that's when I got mad, and I went, par, par, birdie, birdie, bogey.
0: You mean you never know? Like I that don't remember double, that. That's crazy. Uh, you never know. Like they, you never know what's going to propel you. I mean, even right. Tiger. Like right. we just watched him in Japan go bogey, 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 and then nine birdies after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you never know. Yeah. And that's the thing where it's like that's the irony of when you know you make a you, you three putt on a par five and you're like. Oh, really? Or four-pot, even worse. And you come out with a bogey, and you're like, what? And you never know what's going to be the next hole. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're going to go out there and play golf. I uh, want to just take a moment to thank uh, Cisco for having us out, making this possible. Olympic Club for yes. uh, letting us sort of have this be our home for the day. And the USGA, we're looking forward to the uh, 76th U.S. Women's Open. Um, do you, uh,
1: you said your wife plays mm-hmm. – a little bit of golf or, or how, how she's much? a natural athlete so yeah. she was a world-class hurdler yeah like uh she could have won the she could have ran in the olympics but she just she chose not to that type of person just physically gifted um but she's a golfer so she, if she could she would play two to three times a week she's just busy right yeah so she'll be in my space i let her in do you ever go on golf trips together or anything like that uh we haven't done a golf trip yet but we we play together. She's uh, she's got me working hard. She's she, her dream is to get a golf course, and so you know we always want to get our wives whatever they want. So how many wives ask for their own golf course? Wait, she wants a she wants a personal she golf course because I mean I'm used to the the fanfare of just being out and people approaching me. She's like she wants you for herself. Well, she's very competitive, so if she hears someone's golf cl- clubs clink clanking on the way by. <laughs> She goes crazy. Oh, wow. She's gonna be mad. I said that. Now you're making me seem like this type of person. Well, you are that person. <laughs> no, but she's competitive. What? So that's actually. Not, I don't look at it as a bad thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you actually, like, she's trying to party be whole. I'm like, yo, you don't practice enough to party be whole. But she's right. she's super competitive. She she hasn't broken 100 yet, but she's like 101, 102. She okay. can drive at like 200 though. But still, I mean, she's keeping score. That's huge. Yeah, she shot like 48 on the front, 47 right. on the front, and then her mind gets in the way and right. she, she crashes. Well, I look forward to seeing the developments about the course that you're going to buy her. And uh, that'll be... Well, the simulator's coming, so that's the course.
0: Then you can play. That's great. <laughs> I love yeah. simulator golf. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so easy. so easy. You can play in sweats. Yep, Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for your time. Henry. No, thank you. It's been fun. All right. Well, uh, if, you're, if you want to see more, there'll be a video coming out. Maybe the video will come out first. I never know. But anyway, thanks for listening and thanks again.